0: Until November, the nights were as dark as the stars were bright. Young Wells followed his professor up rarely used wooden stairs to the labyrinthine rooftop of the University Hall. When he politely opened the access door for the older man, the damp air threatened fog, or worse, obscuring clouds. Yet he saw that the sky overhead was mercifully clear, a canvas on which to paint glorious streaks of light. "'The meteors will begin falling soon, Wells,' the old biology professor looked just as eager as his student. The minarets and gables of London's normal school of science provided a maze of nooks, gutters, and eaves, interspersed with sooty chimney-pots and loose tiles. Daring students could climb out on ledges and hold secret meetings—' even arrange assignations with willing girls from the poorer sections of South Kensington who could be sweet-talked with pleasant and cultured words. Wells doubted that any of his classmates had ever climbed out for such a lofty purpose as his own. T. H. Huxley's creaking bones and aching limbs forced him to move with painstaking care along the precarious shingles, yet the famous man had a grace and surety about him. Wells knew better than to offer the professor any assistance. Although Thomas Henry Huxley was now an old man with yellowish skin and grey hair, the bright brown eyes in his square face still held a gaze as sharp as a hunting falcon's. In his youth, he had spent years as a surgeon and naturalist aboard a sailing ship, the Rattlesnake, collecting and documenting biological specimens from around the world, much as his revered colleague Charles Darwin had done— Huxley had been through storms and hostile landscapes, harsh climates, and unfriendly natives. He could certainly negotiate a rooftop, even one slick with moss and mist. With a weary sigh, the professor eased himself down beside a grimy brick chimney, adjusting his black wool coat. Leaning back, he propped his grey-haired head against a chimney and scratched his bushy white sideburns. "'Is this your first meteor shower, Mr. Wells?' The Leonids are a good place to start. Huxley's booming voice was startlingly loud on the rooftop. I've seen shooting stars before, sir, but never actually studied them. Even in my youth I spent more time with my nose stuck in a book than looking up at the sky. The old man gave a wheezing laugh. Exactly as I expected. Huxley's private conversational tone wasn't much softer than the forceful oratory for which he had become famous whether he was lecturing students or shouting in vehement debate with pig-headed bishops, his confident delivery, wit, and obvious intelligence won him many friends and created as many enemies. A flash in Wells's peripheral vision took him completely by surprise. There, sir! He gestured so rapidly that he nearly lost his precarious balance on the slanted roof. A streak of white light shot overhead, then evaporated, so transient it seemed barely an after-image on his eyes. Ah, our first meteor of the night, and you spotted it, Wells. Of course, your eyes are younger than mine. But your eyes have seen more things, sir. Limber enough at eighteen, Wells arranged his legs into an awkward squat, propping his worn shoes against a gutter for balance. Don't flatter me, Wells. I won't tolerate it. Sorry, sir.